Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Koslowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. And same applies to any professional who may appear on the Light, the Fight podcast. Welcome to the OG Therapy. Hey everybody, welcome to an episode, a long-awaited month-off episode of Light the Fight. If you guys are a long-time listener, you guys will be noticing that I've been doing a lot of this thing called OG Therapy with my buddies Kenneth Scott and Rojo, and I really hope you guys have been liking those um, episodes. I've had a few parents, not a ton, but a couple parents reach out to me saying they're very helpful because they get to kind of like... I kind of know what some teenagers are wondering and what they're thinking and the advice I'm giving to other teenagers. So, but today we're back to the normal script. We're going to be answering some questions from parents. And uh, if you guys are not familiar with my good friend, Jason Hewlett, he's done a number of episodes with me in the past. He's back on the pod today to be our parent correspondent. That's the role he's been playing here with me, co-host and parent correspondent. So sent Jason out into the streets. So Jason, when you see uh, some parents uh, want to pull their hair out, when you see a parent one day and then the next day, they, they one day they look like uh, Elvis Presley hair and the next day they look like um, George Clooney hair, you know that they probably got some issues with their teenagers. In fact, Jason, I think, uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yours wasn't that quite fast of a turnaround, right? I'm still wondering, Jason, your hair looks too perfectly like silver and gram wondering like if that was colored intentionally if so please send me to your hairstylist because i would like to look more mature and more wise you're such a liar man thank you very <laughs> much i wish mine was still jet black like yours i don't know how you keep that like that but it's impressive so thanks well I, like i said before i just gotta just be immature you know <laughs> say, say a healthy amount of curse words every single day and next thing you know you don't get gray hair so see that's your problem jason you don't curse enough you're too mature you're too responsible you pay your bills on time you got to live on the wild side and you keep your hair a little bit darker but i digress so <laughs> i got you yeah so i'm excited to get this question from you you told me the question right a couple questions right before we got on the episode so why don't you throw the question out again and let's get it rolling because i know a lot of parents out there are curious to hear what we have to say yeah, there's so many questions that have come in, and uh, these are really quite specific. So we were going to go into this one about a boyfriend and girlfriend. It says, if my child has a boyfriend or girlfriend, this, let's say this is a teenager in high school, and feels the relationship is over and wants to get out of the relationship, what is the best language you would recommend we use as parents for guiding our children? Obviously, this this parent doesn't want to, you know, give some bad advice, and I'm sure the kid doesn't want to hurt the feelings of the other person. So there it is. Yeah, for the parent that uh, has this question, um, it's a good question for a lot of reasons because sounds like they they want to like let their kid handle it, but they do want to give some feedback and and give some suggestions. Because as a parent, um, we like that. We <laughs> we like to we like to feel that we still have some influence over our kids and that we can still nudge them in a direction. So this parent is is very wise using a little technique called gentle persuasion. Oh. And gentle persuasion is definitely it's like, hey, you want to be persuasive, but you want to do it with good tact. Because teenagers are, are going to be very uh, resistant to if you're like, well, you just need to do this. And, you know, maybe some teenagers will will respond well if their parent just says, just do this because they don't know what to do and they just do it. 
problem is usually advice that starts out with, well, you just need to do this. Usually one-sided advice, very subjective advice that's coming from just their opinion. Well, we got a little bit of different advice and, and uh, suggestions here at Light the Fight Parenting Podcast. And so this parent is going to take my suggestion, I can tell already. The universe is giving me the, the vibe and the feeling that this parent is going to really like this suggestion. The suggestion goes along the lines of partnership. Talked a lot about partnership on this podcast. We'll t- continue to talk about partnership. And when you have a partner that's in distress and they're venting and they're, and they're just you know sharing stuff, right? Maybe this partner is a friend. Maybe it's not an actual business partner, an intimate partner, but friendships are partnerships as well. So if you have a partnership relationship and someone's telling you like, oh my gosh, like I don't want to be in this relationship anymore. I'm not you know feeling the same way about this person anymore. And I just don't know what to do. Usually they're not asking for advice at that moment. Usually the best course of action is just sit there and go, huh, interesting. Or wow, oh, that's hard, man. Gosh, I, that, isn't that the worst? Like, man, th- those are some of the toughest situations because obviously you don't want to break their heart. But then again, you don't want to lead them on and you know, they're probably getting the hint and getting a hunch that you're not into them as much anymore. And, and you don't want to be one of those people that causes fights to try to get the person to want to break up with you because that's totally drama. Wow, that's, that's quite a predicament you got yourself in there. So what I did right there is something a good friend would do. A good friend that isn't tired of hearing us complaining about the same thing over and over again. And I use that caveat because if a good friend comes to us with a problem and it's a, it's a new, fresh problem and, you know, we're just going to listen to them. But if they come to us every other day about how they want to break up this person, but they can't, and after six months go by, after a while, we're like, you know, you just need to crap or get off the pot, right? Like we get frustrated at a certain point. But in this situation, your kids come to you, want you to try that approach. Just like, wow, it's, it's, you're doing like, well, you, you know, you don't want to do this. You don't want to do that. You're kind of playing both sides to kind of help them see that obviously something more in the middle is effective but you can teach them what not to do by stating things that are pretty much a given to you as an adult that wouldn't work well. For the example that I use, like you don't want to be that person that picks a fight and hopes that that person doesn't like you and then they break up with you. And the reason why you would know this as an adult, because if you haven't done this, it's happened to you or you know people that have done that. It's very manipulative. Everyone says in a relationship that they want someone to be 100% honest with them. Right, Jason? Is that That's... That, that's usually that's usually the, the case, right? They say it, but I don't know I, if they just really say, want <laughs> Right, like they say it, but do you think it's kind of like, this is a good question for you. Do you think most people, they want to be the person that can handle the truth and so they ask for the truth, but if they react and blow up and they won't accept the truth, that maybe they're kind of saying like, hey, I in in theory, I want the truth, but in reality, I just want you to tell me what I want to hear. Yeah. I mean, I would assume that's most people, you know, you can't handle the truth. Yep. Is a, is a real line. Like a few good men, right? A few good good men. Yeah. It's a, it's a real thing that I don't, I don't know if everybody really wants the full truth. They think they do, but once they get it, they're like, I can't do it. I can't handle this. Well, after you go along that line now, again, this is my suggestion, just take it or leave it. I would then use a technique and a tool that I've taught on this podcast before. It's called permission to come aboard. After yeah. you give that information and, you know, after you give that kind of back and forth and they're going to kind of elaborate and go, yeah, I know it's so hard. Let them air out some more grievances. Let them go back and forth a little bit. And then once you've done that, 
you've made some clear statements. They've gone back and forth. You usually they're a little bit more open to some suggestion then. That's at the time where you want to use this technique called permission come aboard. And it sounds something like this. Hey, you know, I got an idea. Is it okay if I just ask you a question though? Just because I just want to like, I just want to make sure that, you know, what I'm about to say is like, is going to be helpful because I don't want to tell you what to do. Well, in that situation, the kid will be, well, yeah, of course. Yeah, go ahead and ask me a question. Then you can start to take the approach of like, are you worried that, that you're going to hurt them? Let's say they go, well, yeah, I don't want to hurt them. Well, why is that? And then let them elaborate why they don't want to hurt them. They'll usually say like, I care about them. I like them. Just, I don't know, I'm not into them anymore. Or maybe it's a very adolescent response. It was like, well, I don't want to hurt them, but I like someone else a lot more. I got a crush on this yeah. other person, right? Very sure. typical thing. And adults have that too, not just adolescents. So then you yeah. say, okay, okay, well, you know, however, on the other hand, do you want to look like, like, like someone who's leading them on and, and taking a long time? No, well, that's why I, I feel the stress to like make a decision now. Okay. Well, would you mind if I share, like share an idea, something you could do? This is where you're slowly reeling them in. All right, Jason. And, and I know you do this very well, Jason. So things that I'm talking about right now, I know you do this very well, but any parent listening to this, it's a lot harder to do it with your own kid because when your own kid's in distress, you just, you want to fix it, right? You want to make it go away, right? That's why a lot of us parents out there, it's like, I swear, next time you wait till last minute, do your homework, I'm not helping you. And then you're driving to Walmart at you know, 10 o'clock at night, buying the, <laughs> buying the cork board, the tape, whatever for the project. You're like, well, next time I'm really not helping you. You know, it's just, it's, it's just, we're natural micromanagers as parents. As much as we know they need to learn on their own, they're still young. They need a little bit of a boost, right? They need a nudge. They need some, they need some support. So after you go through that and you, and you get to that point where you kind of go side to side, ask permission to have some questions, then you get in the suggestion part. And the suggestion in this is pretty simple. What would you want someone to do if that was you in that situation? Would you want someone to be honest with you or would you want someone to lie to you? I'm pretty sure they're going to say, uh, be honest with me. Okay. So if you hurt their feelings by being honest with them, is that your intention to hurt their feelings? Question will be, or the answer will be, no, of course not. Okay. So use a sports analogy. So when you played basketball last week and your, your buddy, your, your buddy uh, um, sprained their ankle because they landed on your foot, um, did you mean to sprain their ankle? Did you mean to cause their ankle to be, you know, rolled and swollen and stuff like that? No, but it happened. You pick them up, you help them out, but you can't take back what you did. You can't be like, okay, now you stand there. I'm going to jump up and roll my ankle on your ankle just to make it fair. That's, that's not going to help out any of the situation. So then you just tell them, say, the best way to do this is to be honest, but your delivery has got to be very sincere. So in that case, you don't want to do it through text because that's coward. That's chicken, you know what, chicken poo-poo. <laughs> and you also don't want to do it through a friend. You don't want to just go behind their back and start dating someone else and like slowly give them hints. You need to pull them aside and you tell them face-to-face. -face. Now, a lot of kids are going to really be reluctant to this face-to-face -face thing because I don't know if you guys knew this. Jason, did you know this? With your teenagers, sometimes they would prefer to text and communicate than uh, face you as a parent face-to-face. -face. 
Yeah. And you know, the part of the problem is I think that a lot of adults do that too. Now. I mean, I've heard people getting divorced through Facebook, like crazy yeah. stuff, you know? So yeah. we modeled the behavior. Yeah. And, and I think you hit that pretty clearly on the head. Uh, a lot of parents, especially after the pandemic, they're like, Hey, they're communicating their kid on in the other room through text when, you know, like, well, my kid won't respond to, to, you know, if I talk to them face to face. So you're just going to bend the knee and just submit and go, okay, well, I'm just going to do it the way they want to communicate. We, we, we don't want the prisoners running the insane asylum, right? We don't want the kids to like calling the shots and that. So tell them like, this is something you really have to do face to face. There are a couple exceptions. If you have a kid that really suffers bad from social anxiety, like really, really bad, then they got to do a video at least with the knowledge, knowing that that video can be shared with other people. Yeah. So there's a risk there. So if your kid does a video, they better make sure that's a really good video. It's articulate. It's very soft, caring, concerning. But I still say have them go face-to-face because if it's a real relationship, it deserves real respect. And there, there's a certain level of like, you know, honor, I guess, even if it's a young relationship, because you want them to practice habits of being, you know, open, being honest. And definitely, I don't know if any of you guys remember the Seinfeld episode. It's not you. It's me. <laughs> do not give any of your kids the advice of like, no, I just want to break up this, that, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. It's not you. It's me. I'm just in a different place. Jason, if you ever had that said to you, I've had it said to me before. Such a lie. So disappointing. It, I'd rather know the truth. It just really doesn't make sense to hear that. Right. And, and it's, it's, it's the epitome of disingenuous because even if there's truth behind it, there's got to be a way, better way to break up than it's not, it's not you, it's me. It's like, I'm broken. I'm having these issues, so I have to break up with you. And then two weeks later, they're dating someone else. That's right. And you know hey, that you know, person. David, I, I love what you're saying here. I mean, obviously, the fact that you're doing this role play with your kid, that's a really cool idea, you know, to be able to say, hey, this is how you go face to face. This is These are some of the words you could use. This is what you don't want to say. I think, you know, practicing through that almost like it's a, I mean, it's per, uh, essentially you're doing a miniature speech, right? Yeah. In this moment, even though it's a conversation, it is a monologue essentially of saying, hey, this is what's going on. This is, you know, this gentle persuasion piece as well with that person. So this is cool, man. I appreciate it. Well, I'm, I'm glad you like it. And, and many of you may have heard this ancient Chinese proverb, and I don't know how ancient it is. Maybe it was just... You know, someone said like 20 years ago, said it was ancient. Like a kill bill. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like ancient Chinese proverb from 1982. <laughs> um, the, the, the proverb I'm referring to, if it actually even is a proverb, is if you tell me, I'll forget. If you show me, I might remember. If you involve me, it becomes a part of me. Now, it's probably not word for word exactly what it says, but it's that, it's that whole entire, like, you know, give someone fish or teach them to fish. If you involve your kids in part of this process, then you can do a role play without it being an obvious role play. That's why it's got to be a conversation that starts into a scenario, or in my profession, we call it vignettes. Like, we give them, like, a, like a here's the scenario in the situation. So you can use that role play. You could also use a role play. It's like, hey, you know, like I, I alluded to, you know, if you were the other person, like, if you were the person that had no idea that this was coming, let's role play that. Like sometimes it's good to reverse it. 
Now, don't use the word role play. Don't don't make it too much of like a an obvious teaching lesson because it's less conspicuous. Like it's more inconspicuous. Like they don't see it coming, and it's more of that conversation. And they're more likely to fall through with it if you're guiding them to it instead of a just telling them what to do or just asking a bunch of questions and hoping that they figure it out. Now, once you get them to that that place when they're ready to you know to to say these things, definitely have them practice it on their camera on their cell phone it's what i call a video journal i've talked about video journals before and and video journals are very effective if you just want to learn more about like what's deep inside of you how you're feeling but they're also effective for job interviews for performances uh one of my students came up to me last last week it was really cute he came up to me he's like hey man like i i i'm i want to i'm trying out for the student body position it was just like a small position it wasn't like an officer position or anything like that some some like minor position and i had him you know before the interview said tried last year i didn't get it i was super nervous the interviewer asked me questions i was like he said i bombed he said he completely bombed well i go hey do a video journal talk it out pretend that you're in the interview with the person and then go back and watch it I go, if you're awkward or uncomfortable, you'll see it in the video and then do it a number of times until you feel like you've relaxed and stuff like that. Came to me the other day, he's like, it worked. I like got it, but I know I got it because I wasn't like stuck on stupid, he said. <laughs> I didn't freeze. I just, I was more relaxed, more comfortable. Now, obviously this wasn't like president or vice president, but it was a big deal to this young man. And so that's why I tell you guys, with your kids, when they try to say, well, I just want to do it and I just want to get it over with. I want to rip the bandaid off. I'm like, okay, again, if someone was breaking up with you, do you want them to break up with you like the ripping off bandaid? Like, hey, I don't like you that much anymore. I want to date other people. Have a good night. Bye. And you definitely don't want to hear the, it's not you, it's me. I'm just not in a place where I can date right now. Or my yeah. parents, you know, they don't want me to just date one person, want to side, just go back and forth. Well, everybody knows if teenagers have their parents tell them not to date someone and they really want to date them, they're just going to sneak behind their parents' back. That doesn't make sense. Like if someone really liked you, they'd go out of their way and make you priority. The best thing is to be 100% direct, but saying in a way that they feel like it's honest. Most people would rather accept honesty, not brute honest, right? Not that like, well, just, I'm sorry, I don't like you that much anymore. It's like, hey, I don't like you. By the way, now give me, I'll give you the final example of like how you could close this up with your kids. This is the typical um, outline that I give to people in the role play, the uh, permission to come aboard. But the final thing has to be within two sentences. The trick is the longer it goes, the less believable it is. Yeah. Would you agree, Jason? 100%. Oh, yeah. Then you start talking in circles like, you know, I'm going to miss you. We had all these great times and this and that. You talk so much that then you convince the person like, wow, it sounds like we had a really good relationship. Why are we breaking up? Yeah. It sounds like you really liked me a lot. So now I'm really confused. Or if you pick an imaginary fight with them, it's like, well, you know, you just haven't been there for me. And I feel like we've been grown distant. And they're like, wait, we just went to dinner last night. We hung out every day the past month. Wait, what do you mean grown distant? Those things don't fly. So the best way to approach this is just to say flat out, just make the observation. I just got to tell you, um, I feel really nervous and awkward and uncomfortable right now because I've never done anything like this before. And then they'll look at you and like, what? It's like, I don't know any other way to say this. And we always promise each other that we'd be honest with each other. Because usually in the beginning, people say, I have trust issues. You know, if, if something's wrong, like, just tell me. 
but very few people do that. So then you can just refer to like, Hey, remember in the beginning when we said, if there's any feelings or something like that has changed, that we'd be honest with each other. As hard as this is for me, I know that you'd be honest with me. And so I got to do the same, be honest with you. I would like to break up. Now, if you say, I think we should break up, mm, too much, too much wiggle room there. If you're like, I think we should break up. If you can't see the video of this, it's like, eh, maybe, possibly, perhaps we should break up. Now you're just <laughs> opening yourself up for a back and forth. Like, well, why this and that? If you just say, I, I, we should break up. I, I, I would like to break up. Sit there. Wait for the person to have a response. If you start talking too quickly or too fast, you're going to fumble the ball. You're going to, well, you know, are, are you okay with that? Are you mad at me? I, I don't want you to be mad at me. That's your own insecurities. If you can just say, I, we need to break up. And I'm, I'm just being honest with you. Just let it sit there. If you have to tell someone that you're sincere, you probably didn't do a good job at being sincere. Mm-hmm. If you have to tell someone, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I don't want to hurt you, I don't want to hurt you, now it sounds a little fishy. But if your body language, if your overall demeanor is like, obviously, you know, you're going to have feelings about this. And if you're not happy about this, I totally get it and I understand. But I, I have to believe that you'd rather me be honest with you than drag you on and lead you on. Now, as far as our friends and other people are concerned, now this is deeper in the conversation. As far as our friends and other people are concerned, I'm totally fine saying that it's it's mutual because I'm telling you that I want to break up. If you tell me that, okay, I accept it, I get it, well, then it's a mutual breakup. You didn't get dumped. We just agreed to stop dating each other. I was just the one that brought it up first. Sometimes what will happen when I tell kids this, the other person's like, well, I've been feeling the same way about you. Okay, great. So we can just tell the same story. If there's like a partnership and agreement, because that's a huge thing that teenagers and adults worry about is their reputation. How is it going to make them look? Is it going to decrease, decrease or devalue them if they're the one that got dumped by you? Of course it will, right? At least it will feel that way. So if you can make an agreement that's like, hey, we're going to agree to go in separate ways, let them tell their friends that. But if you do it abruptly or disrespectfully or in a petty way, now they're going to cause, they're much more likely to cause drama, talk bad about you. And that's a scary thing about when you're in any close intimate relationship, friendship or dating relationship. Once there's a separation, you're worried, is the other person going to get petty with me? Are they going to start rumors and lies about me? Because they have inside information. You work with someone long enough, you date with someone long enough, you're friends with someone long enough they're going to have a little bit of dirty laundry on you or they could have some things that they could twist and change around to make other people think bad things about you. Your kids don't need that for their reputation. High school is hard enough as it is. Jason, what are your thoughts about that? Man, that was really powerful. I I love the language that you used in terms of definitive statement. That's really powerful. I, I We should break up or I like to break up rather than I think we should. That is so powerful to not allow any wiggle room like you said. What I found really interesting, and for those that are just listening, you may want to watch the video of how David did this, but he actually, you know, he's, you're probably a little bit heated in a conversation or you're kind of trying to be lilty and entertaining with each other, which you might be already. Uh, and then all of a sudden, David 
shifted his energy and his posture, his shoulders kind of sank. And instead of like being like up ready for a fight, he was completely um, in, in sort of this, it wasn't necessarily submissive, but it was more of like a, Hey, you know, I know exactly what needs to happen, but I, I, he changed his voice. He changed his face. He changed his delivery. And it was extremely sincere. It was, it was powerful, but it was also like this, uh, hum it was humble. And so I find that really interesting how you did that. The body language, what you're saying, Jason, really, it's got to match the words. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, try to sell your kids, you guys. Try to sell them hard to do the video journals, meaning take their cell phone out, record themselves as if they're talking to the person. But make sure the cell phone's turned around so they're actually looking at the camera, not the screen, because that's too distracting for anyone. And then have them practice saying it. They'll be awkward and uncomfortable. They're not going to want to do it. But if it's that important of a situation which is making them nervous and worried, well, then they got to they gotta pay some respect to the breakup and take it serious. If you really like your team or your choir, your performance group, whatever it is, you're going to practice, right? And when you practice, last time I checked, people record practices. Well, why do they record practices? To know if they're good or not. <laughs> like, how are you supposed to get better if you can't see what you did that was wrong? You, you watch the film. You watch the film over and over again. Why shouldn't we do that? And why wouldn't that be the same psychology and approach in something as serious as a relationship? What are your thoughts, Jason? Powerful, powerful stuff. Because, I mean, this is even taking me back to my days of when I was dating, you know, back in the, back in the good old days years ago. <laughs> I remember not doing well in that case. And I remember asking my mom what the problem was. And we talked to some of the people that I'd been on double dates with, and they gave me very helpful critical feedback it was almost as if i had a camera on me and that changed everything once we could kind of dissect what i was doing incorrectly and and not favorably for myself and so yeah no question recording yourself having a, a wingman somebody a parent that can you know walk you through this type of situation that's a real challenging thing to do but to practice i mean that's the essence of uh, performance yeah, I, I, I agree completely. And, and it's good that you reached out. And in today's world, let's use technology to our benefit because having the wing bands, one thing, but seeing it on video yourself, Amazing. it's pretty hard. It's pretty undeniable. The, the video camera really doesn't lie when it comes to that type of honesty. And again, what parent out there is listening to this that doesn't want their kid to live in reality? We already have a digital right. world that like really skews. Is this real? Is it not real? How do they really feel? People are trying to decipher text. A lot of my therapy and counseling sessions are people shoving their phone in my face going, what does this mean? How do I respond to this text? I'm like, okay. It's like, I mean, that's job security for me. But what that means is that that's not a natural, normal form of communication. Our brain doesn't register that as real communication. That's why it's so miffed and like confused. Like, well, are they mad? Are they not mad? That's why you can't do it through text. Can't do it over phone. FaceTime is better than not doing it, like not doing anything face to face, but face to face, it's scary and it's necessary because this is not going to be the first breakup your kids are going to have. At least let's hope not. Let's hope they yeah. have a couple more practice runs, right? Let's hope they don't marry their 13 year old love and sweetheart, right? By the way, if there's anyone out there that started dating when you're 13 and you're married happily, that's fine. But I'm sure you broke up a couple times in between then, right? So, you know, it's just, it's something we want our kids to get practice at. And that's 
combative energy because a breakup can elicit that combative energy, not necessarily like a fight, but a potential for a confrontation. Yeah. And you, you never know, know like, when someone's going to lose it and go wild and break down and cry or yell at you. Yeah, no, I mean, exactly. And I, I would think, you know, as a parent, I'm thinking about my own children. I'm thinking, man, this would really stink for them to go through this. But I'm also like, what an important thing to do, whether it's having a crucial conversation as the book is titled uh, with a college roommate that's not working out so well or a, a business partner or somebody in the community that you serve with in your church that hasn't done their job well. I mean, these are just practical skills for having a great conversation about telling the truth and uh, getting to a place of honesty where either a behavior has to change or relationship has to shift. And one last thing I'll add to what you just said, Jason, is that every step that I suggested, the role play that we talked about, it leads you to the most important ending part, controlling the narrative. Everyone wants to control the story in a breakup. Even if there's been drama and the conflict leading up to that point, if you can control the narrative at the very end and make an agreement with the person you're breaking up with that it's going to be a mutual agreement and that's the narrative, if you bring that idea to them and you're technically the one that brought up the breakup and they didn't want it, that's a much better option. Now, some people are like, well, I don't want to break up with you. It's like, okay, I, I get it. And I don't want us to fight and get into all this drama. Like we've had too many good times together. Like I don't want us to be enemies. No, granted we don't have to be best friends. And if this is a tough pill for you to swallow, I get it. However, like I don't want us to leave here like talking bad about each other. So I'm telling you right now, I'm willing to say that we just had a talk and you know, we just both decided it was best for us to go our own separate ways. Most people will take that. Most people don't want to be walking away from that with the tail between their legs, feeling ashamed. And even if they feel ashamed in themselves, it's easier for their ego to deal with that breakup, that rejection, if it's not exposed to the world that they're less than or not good enough or not desirable by you. Yeah, so well said, man. Wow, that's right. powerful. I hope those that are listening that are going through this, this can be helpful. But if, even if your kid isn't going through that, that, you know, this may have just helped you. Hey, I'm going to go figure out someone I can break up with. <laughs> like, that was so great. No, or no, the I, best I one, I'll do air quotes. Help, what if you have a friend that's going through yeah. a relationship and they don't know how to get rid of them? And hey, let's be honest. Sometimes our honesty is not just with that person. It's honest with ourselves. Sometimes we are leading someone on. And other people are saying, hey, listen, you got to tell them the truth. Don't lead them on like this. If you're dating other people, you like other people. Because a lot of times teenagers, like, they want their cake and eat it too. They're like, oh, I, I want to hang out with these other people, but I don't want to break up with them simply because I don't want to see anyone else with them. That's an adult and teenager thing. So being honest with yourself in those video journals can be also helpful so that you're more honest with the person that you're going to break up with. Lighten the fight over here, David. That's right. That's right. Film. And the wingman, the, the ride or die wingman, right to die. <laughs> <laughs> the raptor wingman. <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, thanks as always for following us and like the fight. Um, if you do not follow on Instagram, uh, my David underscore Kozlowski underscore, um, that's uh, it's 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 basically the the media page for Light the Fight and OG Therapy. OG Therapy are episodes that we're answering questions from teenagers. Light the Fight, at least currently right now in May, we're going to be announcing a lot of changes for the summer and for the new school year uh, coming up. Got a lot of cool, exciting stuff that Jason and I are working on. A lot of cool, exciting stuff that. Uh, me and the other guys in the OG therapy team 
Uh, we're all working on cool stuff. So we'll be sharing that more in the future and the changes coming up. But until next time, thank you guys for following us. Follow us on YouTube. Follow me on Instagram. Follow Jason Hewlett at what's your Instagram handle again? Jason Hewlett. That's it. You got that, man. See, he's, spell it. Man, see, you're smart. You got on that uh, soon enough to get those names. So Jason Hewlett spelled exactly how you think it's spelled. And uh, yeah, you guys, thanks as always for helping us to light the fight. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.